someone told me that you need to get rid of the word try and out of the vocabulary and just do because trying is like not even making the effort you just do welcome to the daily naked pair podcast brought to you by rocco blue the first ever brand focused on supporting parents with special needs children naked parent nation is a group of parents with special needs children who are willing to get vulnerable strip it all down and take a look at ourselves our parenting our family and our plans to create a life beyond our wildest dreams on today's show we'll be discussing financial freedom how to get it and how it can help you Hello, Naked Parent Nation, and welcome to today's episode of the Naked Parent Podcast. My name is Chad Ratliff, and I'm your host. Before I introduce you to our guest today, let me start by sharing the Naked Parent Nation offering. Naked Parent Nation is a worldwide community of parents and professionals raising children with all kinds of needs. We come together to share our naked truth, support our fellow parents, and inspire the inner growth that each of us needs to build the life and family of our dreams. For the parents that are struggling, we want you to know that we will love you until you can love yourself. For your children, we pray and send power from our collective group. As we come to understand our divine nature, we realize that there's no need to feel sorry for ourselves, be angry, or feel lack. We come to understand that our feelings of limitation and separation are only in our minds. Through self-realization, we expand our consciousness, so that the challenges that perplex us today dissipate one by one until we're able to see and experience gratitude and beauty in everything just as it is. We have the power to create any kind of life we want for ourselves and our families. We do this by living in the naked present moment, one day at a time. So if you're ready to take back your life or just continue your journey of awareness and consciousness, then welcome to the Naked Parent Podcast and Naked Parent Nation. And on today's show, we have Deborah Brahim. Welcome to the show, Deborah. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. And where are you calling in from? Augusta, Georgia. Awesome. And you are a mother? Yes, I am a mom of two boys. My youngest, he is seven with uh, dual special needs. How old is your other child? my other child, he is 11 now. He's my oldest. So he's the big brother. The big brother. When did your seven-year-old start exhibiting behaviors that you weren't expecting to see? I didn't really see it so much at first because with his dual diagnosis, first diagnosis, uh, he's a uh, Down syndrome. So there was like a lot of like hears and says from doctors, you know, that he'll be really delayed in a lot of things. He'll be delayed in like intellectually or mentally, uh, possibly even verbally and stuff like that. So he is nonverbal, but it kind of also ties into how we also got to his uh, diagnosis for autism, which we didn't find out until like literally in 2020. (laughs) Wow. And he was like four years old at the time, or about to be four years old, somewhere in the range between three to four. Was that second diagnosis a shock or a relief or? 
It was more of like, aha, like it all makes sense. Like okay. why he behaved in a certain way, why he was definitely nonverbal and not doing some things that like I would see in like other kids I know of with Down syndrome. It kind of really actually brought up to my attention, actually, thanks to a friend because her child has autism. Wow. And then the Down syndrome, you knew how early? With Down syndrome, I we didn't find out until after he was born, like the day after he was born. The day after he's born. Wow. Yeah. Like if having a baby's not intense enough. <laughs> yeah. Do yeah. Remember, do you remember yeah. getting that information? I mean, do you remember what it felt like? Do you remember? I remember a lot of things like as if like as is, if it's as if it happened yesterday. Sorry. <laughs> Trying to clear it up. Yeah, I remember it detail by detail because like we had like multiple doctors that came in that day that he was born and they were constantly checking on him and stuff out of all the doctors that have checked up on him and did tests and stuff none of them suspected that he had down syndrome but it, of course it only took one so it took only one particular doctor that suspected it and wow. came to both me and my husband the night that night later on that after he was born uh coming up with the news that suspect that he may have down syndrome how do you react to something like that i wasn't really in shock or anything because he also threw up some like other news in our faces like in the meantime like yeah your son has down syndrome but he's also having heart failure and low oxygen levels and i'm like all in one sentence okay <laughs> Was the pregnancy similar to your other pregnancy? It was a normal pregnancy. Like there was no suspicion of anything except for like, I think once we got to almost like full term of my pregnancy, we did like an ultrasound and they suspected that his size was a bit abnormal because like his, they look at his bone structures and stuff and it looked like it wasn't developing at the stage it was supposed to. Of during my pre during my milestone of the pregnancy, and they totally mi misdiagnosed it to basically scare me to the point that that the doctor literally said it's putting you and your child at birthing risk that you cannot give natural birth. Wow! And I'm like, what? <laughs> okay. So it was just a lot of again big misdiagnosed, and he came out fine during the birthing and whatnot, and. Again, multiple doctors checking up on him and only took one to come up with, like, he might have Down syndrome. Were you able to enjoy the miracle of childbirth or were you just... I was definitely able to enjoy for what I can because all I remember was telling my husband that all I look forward to was hearing him crying. As long as I can hear him cry, then I know he's okay. Uh -huh. <laughs> and he definitely came out crying with a fury. <laughs> he was not happy. <laughs> and with your personality, how do you handle news like that? I mean, you just have this life-changing experience, you know, after nine months of or 10 months, whatever it is, of mm -hmm. carrying a baby. How do you react to all this? I did really well for the most part, like handling the whole process. I think it was just my more major concern that, you know, doctor saying that his heart rate was dropping and low oxygen and all that. And due to low muscle tone, my husband was probably a little bit shocked just because he didn't know what was Down syndrome. 
So, of course, you know, he had to do some research a little bit behind it of what it was and why it happened or why it came to be. But I don't know, like, he coped with it really well because in our previous, like, before having kids, like, previous lives, like, we both actually have siblings with special needs. Wow. So we kind of were already familiar of what it was like to have a child with special needs like he has a sister and i have a sister both are autistic wow so we already had like our hands full of experience with that so with him coming in with having down syndrome it was just a diagnosis that my husband didn't understand i kind of knew what was down syndrome learning from what i remember from school and also meeting a couple of kids that with down syndrome so i was not afraid of it okay did you I mean, a lot of parents have to go through a mourning period of the child. I mean, are you still still having to go through all of these same kinds of situations? I think I dealt with it really well versus like some other parents because I've definitely like had multiple, multiple conversations with other parents that have kids with like different diagnoses, even Down syndrome and autism both together they would tell me constantly like how they kind of had to mourn. They had to process. So I know it's different per parent for sure. And I don't know. I think I just took it way better than I probably most that ever thought really. It seems like it. I mean, so I'm like the poster child for doing all of the things wrong that you can do, you know, that the terrible divorce addiction and all of these different traps that you can get caught up in that don't, benefit anything or anybody, but it happens to some of us. The good news is there's a way out. That's my message uh, for those people that do fall in. Were you and your husband able to stay kind of on the same page through this process? Because the divorce rate for special needs marriages is, is pretty high, unfortunately. And it seems like that's when we need one another the most. Yeah. How do you guys work through all that? We were definitely able to stay on the same page just because we were already familiar with at least the special needs aspect with both of our backgrounds, especially having siblings already with special needs. Yeah. And with his background, family and mine, like we both have parents. Actually, they both stayed in their marriages and they both worked it out all the way through. Uh-huh. Like my husband, he grew up like with multiple kids in his household. He's actually the oldest. And me, I have like one other sister, so I'm considered the oldest. But I remember that we had a distinct conversation when we started talking about wanting to have family. I think I was actually right at when I was pregnant the first time around with my oldest son. And we talked about like, what if he was to have some sort of special needs or some medical diagnosis? What if autism comes up just because... We already knew and we were already familiar with it. And we both agreed on that we could handle it together as long as like we stayed on the same path together and, and doing it and whatnot. Cause like, it's hard enough as is like, I've again, talked with multiple like other parents that are single parents dealing with their own special needs child. And that's hard enough as is. So I call them sometimes like they're the superhero. Totally. If there's people that aren't parents yet that are listening to the show, I'd love for all parents or all potential parents to have that conversation prior so that it's not just this complete 
shock so that you can understand kind of where one another stands. I think that's super important. How does big brother and the little brother get along? Oh, big brother is pretty much the sweetest big brother that you can get. <laughs> he, he definitely looks out for little brothers as much as he does. Of course, you know, like any sibling, sometimes they have their moments, like they want to like take a break or, or they might get a little fist feisty with each other. They might get tired of it, but all in all, he's always been there for the little one. And oh. The little guy, the little brother, he's just following Big Brother around all over the place. <laughs> but he he hands it pretty rarely well. And I know that sometimes, like, especially having more kids and them having to deal with uh, having a sibling with special needs can be also tough yes. for them, too. Like, they may even have questions of, of, you know, why is it like this or why does he have that? You know, of all these, like, different diagnoses and stuff. Yes. I have to say for my other kids, I really feel like it's made them more well-rounded, more empathetic and compassionate at a much younger age than I believe I was at that age. So it sounds like Big Brother has some of those same questions, yeah, like attributes, like in a positive way, you know, to be that sweet and compassionate and caring. And I think it's awesome that they're still brothers. Like I don't, you don't want to treat them like they're sick. You know what I mean? And it's still his brother. So mm-hmm. how do the unique needs of your youngest play out on a difficult day? What is that? What's a difficult day look like? Oh, well, it varies from day to day, but I guess today will be one of those difficult days because he was actually at therapy session and he would be still at the therapy session right now, but they had to call me to come and pick him up because he threw up. He wasn't feeling so great today. (laughs) On difficult days like that, sometimes it might be just lounging around and he might just need some cuddle time. Or he might want to actually go to his room and be by himself like he is right now. He just wants to be by himself. He doesn't really want to deal with anybody else. Maybe he just needs to, uh, what's the word? Like, goodness. Yeah, self-soothe and maybe digress of whatever that was going on for him during the day, like, because he had school also. So he usually has a pretty, like, busy schedule on a daily basis. What are some of the biggest challenges that he faces Hmm. that really, you know, may cause anxiety or what kind of... Um, Because he's so little right now. He's, like, what now, seven? It's not... I don't know if I can say if it's really hard for me to tell with him because he's also nonverbal. So the way how he needs to express things is different. But usually when he's feeling antsy or if it's just too much, he'll do a lot of hand flapping or crying. I mean, usually like those are at least the crying part is the good obvious way that he can express it that letting me know that he's not having an okay day. Is it difficult to tell if he's doing okay? Like for my son, one of the challenges I have is sometimes I don't know if he's happy or sad or depressed. I mean, there's sometimes that are easier than others, but like sometimes I don't know if he hates his life or if he's just content. Is it pretty clear how your son is doing? I think he's been very good at being very like facially expressive okay. because even being nonverbal for him, like 
he's usually very obvious of letting you know when he's like upset about something or if he's sad or if he's just very happy. And normally on daily basis, he's always happy, but he has his moments. He'll let you know, like if he's really mad about something, like he's upset. And sometimes that upset expression can look like, like crying, but it's more like aggressive crying. Or he may want to do some, I don't like to say physical harm, but it's like that sometimes, like a little bit of physical harming. Like I see very common, like kids will like hit themselves in that way because they're just so like angry or they don't know how else to let the aggression out. So they tend to hit themselves. I've seen that with him and I've seen that in other kids too. Or like they'll, well, for my son, if he's feeling aggressive and angry and just very frustrated, he'll probably want to like bounce on the bed or like, or hit himself with the head in the head or in the mouth or something. And usually that's when I can see the signs like, okay, I can see you're upset. And we need to redirect him to do something else that will be more soothing for him. And are you able to do that most of the time? Is that yeah, your pathway for success? Yeah, I've learned a lot, even like through a lot of different therapy sessions and stuff. I've learned a lot how to redirect him to things that helps with his emotions uh, or how to at least digress whatever he may be feeling at the moment whether it's frustration or anger or something so like his room right now i've been planning this to make it into a very friendly sensory room for him so that he has something to go to in case of like if he's having a bad day or if he needs just his alone time so like we got him like one of those like sensory swings and and he loves it that was his like christmas present (laughs) so he'll go to that and he'll just like go sitting in there for hours if he wants to and swing at it for a moment and we got him some like other different sensory toys that he likes i try to give him some of those fidget toy stuff but he doesn't care always too much for fidget toys sensory toys like chewy chewy toys i don't know if you know some of those he likes uses those like bite blocks like yeah yeah yeah, he goes to that a lot, and that's just to let it out. Yeah. So, and, yeah, I I just sometimes, on month's basis, I'll find something online for that might be sensory-friendly, and I try to make that happen for him and get it, if I can. Well, it sounds like he's a lucky kid. He sounds like he has a mom that's invested in giving him the best life possible, and I'm assuming that's where the desire for the financial freedom plays in. Is that to be able to give him the life? I mean, is that where that comes into the picture for you? Yes. And it was something that actually me and my husband, we talked about. This was actually before we had our son because we both have siblings with special needs. And we actually talked about this years ago, like, okay, how are we going to care for our siblings with special needs if whenever the day, like, God forbid, you know, like we want our parents to live as long as possible and whatnot. But if ever the day comes that they ever come to our hands that we have to care for them, I've already told my husband, like, my sister is my life, you know, she's going to come to me and I'm going to care for her. So that was kind of where it started off in the journey was to be financially independent and be ready for it whenever the time comes. And then, of course, like, life happens and, you know, 
We got our second kid with special needs and then we were like, okay, we need to do a little bit more. So what else can we do? So we definitely have done our research for the past few years and we have made the moves that we've made decisions on and we're going to continue on it to let it progress. Is it from an investment standpoint, like when you're talking about making decisions or or passive income type situations or or is that too private? I don't mind to share it. It's something that we're definitely wanting to progress on is like in the passive income stream. And also, of course, in investments, I mean, we've, me and my husband, we've definitely talked about it, like what things are looking like in the investment world and the stock markets and stuff. So we're definitely in that. Um, but we're also like doing, like reaching out to other inve- different types of investments, like real estate investments and uh, any other like sorts of like multiple income streams. That That's kind of what we're doing. That's great. And I'll plant the seed now and who knows, maybe we'll do something with this one day, but we're the Naked Parent Podcast has partnered with a few people to build a course. And the idea is a transformational course for parents, but also one that they can become certified in and lead groups to create financial freedom, to be able to create income around their schedule rather than having to be forced only to the nine to five type job. So that's one way that we're approaching it, like for ourselves and for other parents out there. So I think it's super important that we as parents with special needs children and really just parents in general to be able to create a life so that you can spend time with your children to be able to focus on your priorities and not just, you know, sleep for a third of your life, work for a third of your life and then try to come up with some time for family after that. So I commend you on making that a priority. Oh yeah, definitely. And I always try to encourage it for any other parents that can do it, like whether like with special needs or not, like any parent that's a parent in general. Yes. Cause, Cause like, I think you said it really well for like anyone that can try to like create like, ideas, multiple income streams, or reach out to different resources that would be more helpful and beneficial for them. Cause like some, that nine to five job is not always a guarantee sometimes. Right. As we've seen at what happened in during the 2020 pandemic that a lot of people lost their jobs. Yes. And we were even affected a bit by that. And because of that, I think we were more motivated to really push for like okay we definitely need to like continue like making these other like resources of like stream of incomes instead of just relying on that one yeah it took time for sure and a lot of research on both of our parts like and making the choices we needed to make and of course like no choice is perfect we made some little mistakes here and there too but it's a learning progress along the way it can be overwhelming. I'd say that there's just, you know, what, where do I plug in? What, how do I start, you know? And, and so for the people out there listening, my suggestion is to do something small and just get started, you know, just start on the path because that analysis paralysis can take you years to go by with nothing happening, just researching the next shiny object. And So I appreciate you bringing that to the listeners to encourage those out there that are ready to take a step 
in creating their own financial freedom for the things that are important to them. Because you can only get paid so much per hour, right? Like the amount that you can mm-hmm. make in per hour is only so much. So if you're, yeah. if you're playing that game from a financial perspective, you're not going to be able to create that freedom because you're only going to get so much per hour. So you have to do something where your whatever it is, your services or what your effort is, mm-hmm. is not based on your effort during a period of time because somebody's going to do it for less. Um, exactly. So, so anyway, I, I appreciate you bringing that up. One of the things we do during the show, just to get more of your journey, your thoughts and your um, expertise is a lightning round where you give kind of one word to one sentence answer to a few questions. Are you up for trying it? Yeah, let's do it. All right. What's the best advice you have received? Someone told me that you need to get rid of the word try and out of the vocabulary and just do because trying is like not even making the effort. You just do. I like that. Do you have a top resource or recommendation to share with other parents? I have a lot. (laughs) There is a lot. There's definitely a lot. So I guess it just depends on where they are, what they're searching for. I'll just go with the basics, like for Medicaid resources stuff. I'm living in Georgia. So in Georgia, we have the, what's called the Katie Beckett. I always tell parents like, wherever state you're living at, I know it's the same, like get that Medicaid waiver for your child if you possibly can, if they qualify, because that also kind of ties in financially that that would be really helpful and immense a lot. Yes. Great advice. What's the next thing on your list that you want to add for your individual well-being? To just reach out to more community and let uh, help that whatever like resources, information, this would help them even like doing this like podcast interview with you, like this, that this, something like this would help them. And uh, I'm probably going to actually share this with my community and my local group that I have. I love that. And I think that it's important that we do these things and that I know at firsthand the feeling when you're in that lonely space and you have no idea if you're enough and if you're going to be able to pull this off and if you're going to make it is brutal. It's brutal. And if we don't like, step up for people that are in that space and give them a hug or give them a suggestion, you know, it's going to hurt them. It's going to hurt their kids. And, and so I appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. A couple more questions. What's one thing you think would improve your life if you did it or had it? The flexibility. (laughs) I just need a lot of the flexibility with that schedule so I can have more time with my kids. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it sounds like you're working on that, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. Do you have a favorite product that you use for yourself, your family, or your kids that you just love and couldn't live without? Right now, it's going to be my massage pillow. (laughs) Massage pillow? Yes. Like a a bed pillow or is it like a neck? So like, I got this like thing off of Amazon and it's been world wonder for at least for my attention of my neck and my shoulders. But I kind of use it like variety of all over my back whenever I feel any stress or any muscle cramps and stuff like that. I say that massage pillow was a big helper. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. What's something you're excited about as it relates to your younger son and his kind of in his growth and in his future? What's something you're looking forward to with him? I'm looking forward to a lot of things, but like just to continue on with this like stream of income, especially with this 
one business that I'm doing that I hope for it to grow and that nice. it'll be more beneficial for him. And what do you say to the parent out there that's feeling stuck financially, feeling like they don't have enough time for their kids, they don't have enough money to to live, they need to do something different, but they have no idea what it is. What do you say to them? I would say, like, don't be afraid to even try, like, small jobs. Like, I did DoorDash because, like, it was at the moment in time when my husband lost his job during the pandemic. And I was like, I'm going to go do DoorDash. And so we can have at least some extra, like, whatever income coming through and that we can take care of what we need to take care of. Like, don't be afraid to try small stuff, like whether it be Uber, DoorDash or anything, any kind of services. And did you feel like that effort brought benefit and pleasure and income to your family? Like, do you feel the efforts was well worth? The benefits and all of it, the hard work was definitely well worth it until like, you know, we did a lot of like, a lot of conversations between me and my husband because like even once he lost a job he was still actually doing another side job which is like drone photography so it's like cool. you know we weren't like immediately like scrambling for money or anything but i knew that was something i needed to do so i did the door dash he did the side job he was doing plus he's got his own like youtube channel as well and that's like another income source for him that's coming in uh surely and now, like, he's got another great job. So I'm like, okay, let's keep going. Let's keep going. <laughs> That's kind of where we're at. So just keep going and finding other different multi-stream of income that we can make. That's awesome. I want to thank you for taking the time to be with us and wish you and your family all the best. And I'd love to touch base down the road and kind of hear how that multiple streams of income is working and how your sons are growing and just stay connected and be part of this journey together. Would love to. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. And I wish you and your family the blessed rest of your day, okay? You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. This concludes our show for today. And I'd like to personally thank you for spending the time with us on a topic near and dear to our hearts. If you'd like to be part of the Naked Parent Nation and help us reach those parents that are struggling and overwhelmed, there's no better way to help than by subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show on iTunes. iTunes highlights the shows based on these metrics, and the more the show gets highlighted, the more opportunities people will have to be introduced to the show where they can hear that message of hope or that tip that can change everything. So follow the link in our show notes and we hope to have you back here tomorrow where we'll do it again. From the team here at the Naked Parent Podcast, we wish you the life you've always dreamed of and then some. So long. Mm-hmm.